Welcome back to the You Do What podcast. I'm here with Chase, who is a former nurse of over seven years and now works in the uh, senior living or death care industry now. Hospice. But hospice. Yeah, it all is inter intermixed, interrelated there. Yeah, we just call it what it is. It's hospice. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Uh, this is going to be a two-part episode for our listeners. Uh, Chase has a very... Um, a very inspiring and direct journey into nursing. So excited to have you on the show and excited to uh, hear a good story today. Well, thank you. I'm going to have to get out of the room with all these compliments from the start. Yeah. Um, so tell me, what is your job title today? My job title today is Regional Sales Director of Hospice. Okay. Which is not nursing. Which is not nursing. No, it's a... No. Uh, it's funny because I, when I introduce myself and I tell people what I do, I always feel like I have to kind of drop back and say, but I'm a nurse or I, I, I have a nursing degree or I always have to mix that in somewhere because people hear sales doesn't have a great connotation right from the start. I think a lot of people hear sales and they're like, oh, they just roll their eyes at it. So I almost feel like I always have to throw in that. No, no, I'm a nurse like that because nursing, right, has a very prestigious idea in, in the community, in the world. People see nurses, they, they think heroes. Think back to COVID, right? Sure. So I always feel like I have to like lean on that. And sometimes when I don't want to explain what I do, if I'm on vacation, I just say, I'm a nurse. It's so much easier. Yeah. And it, it, I can still have a pretty good conversation about that. Um, but like, I feel like if somebody's in sales, people automatically have an idea of what you are. Mm. Um, you know, they think you're a schmoozer. They think you're just a sweet talker mm -hmm. and that's all you do. And there's a lot more that goes into sales than that. Do you have to be pretty decent at those things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I know a lot of really good salespeople that maybe aren't the sweet talkers or not the schmoozers. They're not what you think of in sales. So it's sometimes it's just not worth the battle. You know, you, you just kind of, you just steer into the being a, I'm a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I see that. I think a lot of the knock against sales comes from like the seventies, eighties where, you know, the, the car, car dealer salespeople mm. and nothing against car salespeople have a lot of friends that do that. They do a great job. Um, but I think that's what the public sees. And Let's talk a little bit about the life that you've lived. I mean, very recently, seven years, right? Um, wh why nursing? What made you want to go into nursing to begin with? And how old were you when you decided? Yeah. Um, well, I always kind of say it is kind of bullshit that you have to decide at 18 when you're in high school. What it's you terrible. Do, what you want to do with your life. And I, that's not a unique thought. That's not an original thought by any stretch. I think many people have said that, but it's so true. I remember it was senior year. I was a senior in high school and I knew I, want, I, I, knew I wanted to do something in healthcare. I didn't know what though. Um, and I remember I had taken the ACT did all that, still looking at colleges. And based on what you want to go for, it kind of determ determines what college you're going to go to. Yeah. In a way. Sure. Because some schools are better at certain stuff than others. Absolutely. And Eastern I, Michigan was great at teaching. Mm -hmm. Purdue is great for engineering. <laughs> uh, Michigan State, great at supply chain. Michigan State, great at supply chain. Great yep. at packaging, too. Shout yep. out packaging school. Yep. Um, so I, I was really trying to narrow down what I wanted to do because I knew I was going to be staying home for college which is very different than probably 90% of people I was going to high school with. Um, so I, I had an idea of where I wanted to go. I had it narrowed down to some schools in Detroit, some uh, Madonna and Livonia. And 
I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I really loved math and I really loved science. And those two things, I was like, okay, I can build off that. Hey, <laughs> I didn't really know 100% what I was going to go for. I knew my aunts. I had three, three okay. aunts that were nurses. And I always heard them talk about it. I didn't know what it entailed. I never shadowed in nursing. Never did any of that. Any exposure to the hospital system at all? I mean, no. Other... Okay. None whatsoever. Um, so you're probably like, okay, so how did you just jump right into that? I don't know. I just did. And I was like, I really banked on the fact that I'm going to like nursing. And I'm. Did, now, did you look at being a physician assistant, a I doctor, a, an anesthesiologist? I mean, yeah. I feel uh, like there's all kinds of sexy there, titles oh, in there healthcare. Is. There is. Like, how, like nursing of all things. Like, somehow you had to narrow it down to that. Were you. Was, is that back to the, you didn't think you had the, the rigor for becoming a, a doctor? Yeah, I knew I, I knew a doctor was out of the question. Yeah. I, a, I don't think I had the, the intellect to go that far. I don't think I had the attention span to study that long for that many years. And if we're being honest, financially, I didn't want to be out almost 300K in student loans Fair. from the start. Now, I know they make it back at some point, but I'm very happy I didn't go that route. I'll just say that. Uh, PA was out there, but it was still a very, it was a newer field at that time. Like, yeah. I think it's really kind of had an exponential growth in the last 10 years. Um, and mind you, this was when I was a senior in high school, 2010, 2011, that's when that was my time frame for there. So PA school, there weren't a ton around yet. Right. Um, at the time there were, I think three or three in Michigan or so. Yeah. And now there's so many. Yeah. It, it, it is a very competitive field to still get into. So then I was like, okay. You know, I've heard enough about nursing. I always knew nursing was out there. And the big draw for it was it was a safe field. It was a safe bet. Mm -hmm. And I think nurses always are needed. That's a big thing, right? True. There's always a need for nurses. You're always going to have job security. And if we're being honest, we're looking at what was the time frame of 2010, 2011? What was the big world crisis going on at that time? 2011? Maybe on the tail end of it. But I mean, there was a nurse shortage. It was a nurse shortage, but we were coming out of the Great Recession. Yeah. Right? So the Great Recession was my whole time yeah. I was in high school. Yeah. Well, I graduated in 2010 from college, so I lived it. Yes, yeah, so you I know, lived it. I know what it was like to go out there and be like, well, there is, nobody's hiring. Yeah. In fact, not only is nobody hiring, but they're letting people go that are more qualified, than you. willing to earn less than ever before. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was brutal out there. And, right. And, and I, I will say, you know, going into, because graduating in 2010, right? And the, you know, the big bubble burst was like 08, right? So I had a couple of years of living in this and I was very jealous of everybody that could make it in the medical field. Cause mm -hmm. I just thought like how, how freaking fortunate is it for you that when you're done with all this school and stuff, you walk out of that college into a hospital and you are employed. Yeah. hundred percent. It's a very direct route. Like that's the easiest way to put it. It's a direct route right there. So I was seeing all this, you know, I, I, I don't think I give myself enough credit for being in high school to, rem to know and to acknowledge that all this is happening around me. And thankfully, my parents, they, you know, they protected me enough, but they also made me very aware of what was happening in the world. And I, I appreciate them for doing that. So I, I mean, I was out there grinding already. I was cutting lawns. Mowing lawns, yeah. Mowing lawns. I was going on Saturday sales routes with my dad. Okay. And uh, doing some deliveries for the food industry. So yeah. I was kind of getting a feel for a lot of these things. And I saw how rough it was. Like people were paying cash because they didn't have a line of credit anymore. So all these things. So I'm seeing this and I'm like, hmm, what can I do with my life that's going to be comfortable? 
And, you know, it's just what my yeah. family, we own stores. We, you know, everyone was in business. And, you know, I would have thought that would have been what I went to school for, but I just kind of steered against it. Well, why, why is that? I mean, math and science, if you're good at that, going into business with that background, you'd have been a rock star. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a stubborn, stubborn person. Yeah. I like kind of doing devil's advocate and just mm -hmm. like almost stirring the pot a Contra little bit. Yeah. I like being contrarian, yep. no doubt. Um, so in a way, maybe it was that, okay. but really the real reason I think I chose nursing was because it was a safe route. And I'm like, nurses are always needed. It's going to be, are you ever going to be rich being a nurse? No. And you knew that going in. I knew that going in, but can you be comfortable as a nurse? Yeah, for sure. You can make a pretty good living and you know, you can, you can, I always knew my aunt Beth, she, she was always doing pretty well. So yeah. I was like, okay, I see that. I see aunt Kelly. I see aunt Lee. They're mm -hmm. all doing pretty well as nurses. So that's what I went off of. Once again, had never stepped foot in a hospital or done anything like that. Yeah. So, no, and, and you'd, you'd seen people that were nurses and thought, well, that's fairly comfortable, right? Yeah. And you know, once I dove into being a nurse, I was all in. Okay. And if I, once I get in, I'm in yeah. and I'm going to go 110% because if you're going to do something, don't do it half-assed. Mm -hmm. And I was an A student in high school, so I, I had really good grades and I continued to have good grades in college. So once I kept getting good grades in college in nursing school, I was like, all right, maybe this is for me. I almost had to like convince myself as I'm going through nursing school that like, yeah, okay, this will be okay. I'm good at this. I like this. So it was like, and once again, I think I was just so stubborn. I'm like, I'm not going to stop. You're not just going to like yeah. capitulate and do something else. But then again, like, what else were you going to do? At that point, what was, what was plan B? I didn't really have a plan B. My plan, I, and that was the other thing. When I started nursing school, I always had an exit plan out of nursing. I always knew that I didn't know when, I didn't know how, but I always knew it was not going to be a forever thing for me, um, which seems weird, right? Because I Well, maybe, but I think to your point earlier, it's, it's unfair that we're sticking 18-year-olds oh, yeah. with like, pick what you're going to do for life. So, I mean, you know, if you're just putting together a life, a lot of times, and I heard this said, um, Abigail said this on the podcast, her marketing director, she said, a career is really just taking like that next opportunity mm -hmm. and just then the next one and then the next one. And eventually you look back and you're like, wow, this has been a winding but successful career road. And one of our nursing instructors was prepping us for interviews. This was college? College. Yeah. yeah. She was prepping us for doing our first interviews. And at this time, I'd already been working as a tech at uh, one of the local hospitals. I had done a bunch of clinicals. At this time, I really did find that I really enjoyed nursing. I enjoyed the technical skills. I enjoyed the critical thinking that was required out of it. Um, I enjoyed the people I worked with and I enjoyed the relationships I built with a lot of my patients. That was, that was a big thing I, I really did enjoy. Um, but she asked, she's like, this is going to be a question that they're going to ask you is why did you become a nurse? And I remember it. <laughs> and some other people went, and you'll, if you talk to enough nurses, you'll hear that they all have a story and it's, well, my mom was a nurse, my aunt was a nurse, my grandma was a nurse, my great aunt. Everyone has that story. And they just had this calling since they were like five years old. 90% mm -hmm. of the students I went to school with, I felt like they had that story. That may be inflated, but in my mind, that's what it felt like. And then it almost made me feel bad because I didn't have that. Like, I didn't have that, that calling to be a nurse. Like we had talked about at 18, I kind of on a whim. I was like, yeah, nursing is what I'm going to do. And, and again, from that decision-making standpoint, you're thinking like, f like fiscal responsibility, Fiscal right? responsibility. Like it's not going to be a lot of money to yeah. go to school to get it. And you could get into a, was it a three or four year program? Or? So that was the other part of it. So I 
out of high school, I got into a direct admission, which was a very rare thing at the time, four-year nursing program. So from 2011 to 2015, as long as I passed all my classes, I would be done. Whereas if I would have gone to Michigan State or a Grand Valley, you go to school for the first year, you take all the prereqs, and then you have to apply to nursing school while you're at those schools. So you may be in nursing, you may be in college for five years doing a nursing degree because you didn't maybe get in the first right. year. And then you get some students that don't get in the second year. So Ooh. you can see how you can start spinning your tires. Sure. So UDM, I loved it there. Local, very small school, smaller than my high school, actually. Um, they gave me a good scholarship and a direct admission in nursing school. I'm like, all right, perfect. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Because even if I would have, and that was a BSN. So I don't know if you know the difference between BSN and the ADN. Tell me in a second, but first I want to clarify a point. Mm-hmm. So yes, all the other students had a similar story, but is, and I, I want to clarify this. Some people get into healthcare because they are just straight up called to help people. Mm-hmm. Was any part of that you? Yes. Okay. No, I, I, and that's what still draws me to, I still think it was the right choice. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people, they have the calling to nursing specifically to okay. be a nurse. For me, I think part of it was fiscal responsibility because I saw everyone struggling at the time. Yeah. Right. Like I just saw it out there. Family members, um, neighbors, everyone. Yeah. But I also had a strong calling to help people in general. And I think the more people that know me, that get to know me, mm-hmm. they know I'll do anything in my power to help somebody in need. You, you say you need something, even if we're fighting, even if we don't see, see eye to eye on something, I'm going to help you. I'm going to try everything I can to help you because I do care about, we don't deserve to be cared about. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what always drew to me. That's what I always felt about myself. Um, but then also the fiscal responsibility. Right. So, no, no, but that, that makes sense. Cause I, I just, I wanted to clarify because I don't think anybody can go into the healthcare industry and last more than a, a short stint. If there isn't some part oh, yeah. of them that has this like caring bone, otherwise right? it'll chew you alive. Yeah. Cause I couldn't do it. No, I, and I just, it is what it is. You know, if I'm, my dad always used to say like, if you want to have kids and you have kids, that's great. If you don't want to have kids, you don't have kids. That's fine too. But don't have kids if you don't want kids. So I apply that to things like this, where it's okay that I don't want to help people or care for people that are in need in this way. Yeah. As long as I'm not in that field. Yeah. It's okay. Right. Yeah. You know what you're good at. Yeah. And And it's, and I can help people in certain ways, but it's never going to be bedside. Sure. So I, I admire the people that, that feel that way, but I've, I, I just always knew that that's just not me. Yeah. And so in that conversation with, in my senior year, the nursing instructor, she was like, why do you want to be a nurse? I told her exactly as I told you. I'm like, well, I'm always going to be safe financially, and it's a good job. Oops. <laughs> and I told her this, and she's like, all right. She basically said, like, don't fucking say that. Right. Like, she, like, covered the microphone. was like, Chase, um, yeah, like, uh, that's not the answer we're yeah, looking for. Don't, don't say that in an interview. She's yeah. like, it may be true. And she's like, I actually applaud you for saying that, but don't say that. A little too much honesty on yeah, that. Yeah, and one. I was like, fair, fair. <laughs> I'm like, but do you want me to go with, a, like, a canned response of, just really love helping people. Sometimes, yes. I know. Sometimes that's what you have to do. I know. Oh, boy. And I did. In the interviews, I did do that. You, you revised it a little bit. I revised bit. it. Softened it up a little for bit. For sure. But in my mind, I still knew that. Sure. Um, but going back to why I chose Detroit Mercy, um, they gave me a good scholarship and the four-year admit program and the BSN, R, or BSN, ADN, RN. So an RN degree or ADN degree is only two years. So you usually see that a lot at community colleges. So think the your, RN? Yeah. So think your schoolcrafts, Washington's. What's um, salary for like an RN? 
the same. No. Yeah. All three, all of these. Yeah. Are... And I'll, we'll get to that okay. too. So, all right. So back in the day, you really only needed a diploma degree, which was like a hospital-based nursing program. Okay. Like maybe it was like a year. Then it evolved. And right. So then you're like, okay, you need a two-year degree. So you went to a community college. And all these nurses that do this, they're all great nurses. So that your degree doesn't dictate how good of a nurse you will be. No, no, no. And that's always a real big sticking point in the nursing community is a lot of the more seasoned nurses, I'll say seasoned, um, a lot of them are RNs and they, they almost feel remiss that a lot of the new ones are BSNs or we're kind of being forced to be BSNs now going into it. Um, and they'll say like, oh, that doesn't make you a better nurse. And I 100% agree with them. It okay, so what, what's, what's BSN? BSN is RN? Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. So it's a four-year program. And that's oh, what I, I did. I see. And I didn't, I mean, could you have done it at a community college I for two have, years? I could have. And got paid the same? And got paid the same. Bro. But hear me out. So if I were to do that at 18, going in to a community college, the wait list, the wait list at the community colleges was so long that if I would have gone to Schoolcraft, the local community college, I would have been on a wait list for two years, you know, just done prerequisites. Mowing lawns just, yeah, and working at a, doing a ten, restaurant ten or something. credit hours a week or like yeah. a semester and, you know, just doing other stuff. Yeah. And then waiting two years to get into nursing school. And then maybe I, at that point I would have realized I don't want to do that. So, and then I would graduate still in 2015. Or I just go to UDM, get a scholarship, do four years, get all my prerequisites out of the way, do the whole nursing school program, have a well-rounded degree, right? Get my bachelor's degree. Sure. Um, yeah, there's advantages. There's there. advantages. There is. And okay. the, I'm very happy I did that route because mm-hmm. without that route, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah, you can't you can't use nursing as a launching pad to anything if you don't have the bachelor. And you know what? That was a bold statement by me, but it greases the wheels to get into a lot of business. Oh, for sure, right. for sure. So I was like, all right, if I and I I was like, I'm going to go BSN because the wait list A and B. Um, I at that time was like, I'm going to go back to school, right? The big, hot, sexy, further advanced degree was a CRNA to be a certified registered nurse anesthetist. I hear that pays a lot of money. It does. And that's why it was a sexy degree. You talk to every nursing student, their freshman year, they're like, it's like, what do you want to do? Like, what kind of nursing? Oh, I want to be a CRNA. CRNA. And usually the guys are like 75% of them say that. And then 25% of the girls say that. Mm-hmm. But like, that's always like the advanced degree everyone wants because they see the, the salary of like 150 to 200,000, like after all said and done. And it's yeah. like, dang, that's pretty nice. Like, yeah. So that's, that was like what everyone saw. So mm-hmm. that's why everyone said that. Not many people end up going for it. Although I do have a lot of classmates that did end up doing that. So kudos to them. I applaud them. But they could do that because they did their BSN. You have to get the BSN before you do a master's or a mm-hmm. doctorate, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, so you never went back for that, though? Never went back for that. Uh, I think it was like my junior year of college. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I was like, like, I'm done with school. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty ready. And don't get me wrong. I love school. I loved school. I loved getting good grades. It was very like satisfying like i enjoyed learning i thought it was fun uh when everyone like hated waking up early to go to class i enjoyed it i enjoyed hmm. i enjoyed like reading and being educated on stuff and i still do sure i just didn't want to go back to school for more nursing so that was the degree a lot of people chose to do after but then like from udm specifically or any school well you wouldn't go do an rn or a bsn and then like assume that you were going to go do this would no, you? no no because so, only like the top five percent or something end up completing that well, second course right in order to do um a crna program you have to do some prerequisites in terms of 
years in nursing, right? They don't let you just go right from yeah. school to school. Yeah, like like getting an MBA yeah. or any other. You got to get some degree, life right? experience yeah. out there. So yeah. you have to do at least two years in an ICU. Well, lo and behold, I didn't want to do an ICU job. I didn't want to be an ICU nurse. So that kind of knocked it. Why not? You know, it's funny because I'm very type A and ICU nurses are very type A. But I also like kind of fast paced running gun, like just chaos. So what I went for instead, I chose to do emergency nursing. My last clinical of nursing school was at Detroit Receiving in the ER. What's Detroit Receiving? Oh, Detroit Receiving is uh, probably one of the largest level one traumas in the city. Um, so you get a lot of gunshot victims, a lot of car accidents. Mm. Very, it's a, it's a very urban setting, uh, very impoverished. So you get a little bit of everything, little bit of everything. It was awesome. Really? Yeah, it was sweet. Sweet seems. Weird. No, no, no. Just tell me more. I mean, every day it was something different. Like you were like in one day, you could get like three gunshot victims. You could get car accidents, but then you could also get somebody having a heart attack. Uh, somebody coming in with stroke-like symptoms. So. You, you like trial by fire and you really sharpen that blade fast. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just like the breadth of things yeah. you were exposed to is a lot different than like Holland hospital. Oh, for sure. And that's just geography based, right? It's just, well, right. And, right. But, but yeah, but you were in a room where you had way more exposure than some others. Yeah, for sure. And I remember it was a 11 week, um, clinical and I liked my instructor. I got along with her well, and she wrote me a really good letter of recommendation to work there if I wanted, but being fiscally, fiscally responsible, U of M, University of Michigan, they have a great benefit package. Sure. So I was like, wow, I'm going to go there. So I knew a girl, um, Claire. I was a tech with her at our local hospital. She was a year older than me. She got into U of M's emergency nursing graduate program. So it was basically a residency for uh six months and they do they pay for all your certifications you do all this training it's a great program to get into and she sent me their salary their benefits all the details on it and she's like dude yeah you're gonna want to apply to this what certifications would you need once you graduated yeah so um specifically so i i did emergency but if you recall i did pediatric emergency instead yeah which is a very different thing so emergency is adult emergency at U of M, it is separate. The children's hospital is completely separate. So I only ever worked with pediatrics. Mm -hmm. Still a lot of the same emergency aspects, but I mean, kids have different emergencies than adults. Adults will have heart attacks. Kids will have testicular torsions, stuff like that. Um, traumas can still be the same, but it, you, you kind of have to, it's not just, oh, it's a small adult. There's very specific medication dosing for mm. pediatrics there's very specific um i don't even know how to say it specificities of pediatrics that doesn't apply to adults and you need a certificate a certificate yeah for that? so um during the uh residency program they paid for uh, what was it the uh, emergency nursing certification then they paid for my uh, pediatric emergency nursing certif certification, my trauma nursing certification. So all these things. And these are these are certifications needed to work in those positions anywhere in the state? U of M specifically, not anywhere in the state. Okay, because what I'm wondering is, are, are these like internal U of M certifications no, to work in internal to U of M? No, they're national certifications. National, okay. So I, if I were to leave 
that goes with me and it makes me a more marketable candidate. Okay. So it's a national certification mm -hmm. beyond a BSN, RN. Correct. Yep. Okay. Um, so to get those right out of college was awesome. How would one do that if U of M wasn't paying for it? You'd, uh, I think each one is like, I think a thousand dollars. And there's online courses. Uh, you have to do an in-person in class. Okay. For them. And those um, are offered at random training centers or hospitals mm -hmm. around the state. A lot of hospitals do offer them. Yeah. But a lot of hospitals make you pay for them versus sure. U of M foots the bill because you're in their residency program. Yeah. So once again, you're skating from a, a scholarship at University of Detroit Mercy, which, mm -hmm. you know, for those of you on the call. University of Detroit Mercy is located at the corner of Livernois and McNichols Correct. in Detroit. Not a great area. That is a fully fenced-in campus. Yes. Still, to this day, dangerous. Yeah. I mean, there's really no other good way to say it other than it's... It's getting better. The Livernois uh, corridor is getting better. Yeah. And um, it's still... I mean, it, it, it's an urban neighborhood, and you just kind of have to be... But you were smart enough to go to U of M. Uh, you know, that's a question I'll always wonder. And it's funny because, like, getting back to, like, always playing it safe, right? Like, when I was playing it safe, just choosing nursing. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing against nursing because it's not a safe bet for it, – it, It's not a safe bet for everybody, but it was a safe bet for you. It, it not, I feel bad saying safe bet. Safe bet in terms of the finances once you graduate. But getting through nursing school, not a safe bet. That was the other thing I missed that missed the memo on was nursing school was hard as fuck. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It was very rigorous, and it was very, like um, – stressful a lot of long hours um which you you alluded to that you enjoyed all that but it was it was an academic challenge academic challenge so like i i feel like i needed to correct myself on that because it wasn't like oh safe as in like oh that's an easy degree not an easy degree no not at all not but, an easy degree but once you're done you're like the right. reason i asked that question is there are some people like myself that always envied leaving school and going to like a big college to have that experience mm -hmm. And you for forgo or forwent that experience for yeah. a University of Detroit Mercy path, yeah, to nursing, mm -hmm. and then from nursing to, you know, obviously I'm sure you had to be a great applicant to even get the job at U of M, yeah. But you were, you got this, and then they paid for this certification. So there's there's just this trend here where a lot of your decisions were based on really sitting down and looking at the numbers, which is something I think a, a lot of I think a lot of our, our youth isn't doing that to the extent that you clearly not only did it, yeah. but drove your decisions. Yeah. It, that's a great way to put it. Um, you know, it, there are always a few things I look back on. I have no regrets about life. I don't think anyone ever really should. But I always wonder, would I have gotten into U of M? I don't think I would have. Although, being a male nursing student applying to the nursing school, I think I was told, I've heard a rumor that the application it's a little easier to get in. So I always wonder, could I have gotten in if I would have tried? I didn't try. Um, what if I would have gone away to school? Would I have done, would I be where I am now if I went away to school? I don't know. I didn't do that. Right. So like, there's a lot of things I look back on and my wife always jokes. She's like, oh, you didn't go to a fun school. I'm like, I didn't. It, it was like, I had fun, but a lot of it involved fun going to the Michigan State or Central on the weekends. Right. Or just making my own fun, right? Mm -hmm. Being local. Um, so you can't change the past, but I'm very happy with where I am now. Oh, yeah. Because truthfully, like having that money to do this stuff when you're 21 is what much more fun. And I have to stress about, am I going to be able to pay my car payment? Or just because I didn't go away to school, I was able to like sock away a lot of money. And I was able to buy a house at 23 because I didn't go away to school. So it was that delayed gratification that, you know, a lot of people don't practice. And I felt like I, I did practice it. 
and I'm very happy I did. Yeah. I've, I've come to accept it very, very much so. Um, but yeah, so all that kind of led me to working at U of M. And it's funny because I was born at U of M Hospital. So, so did you work at the same hospital you were born at? Yeah. Now, what really drew me there was they had a nursing union. Very unique for many of the hospitals in the area. And I was like, okay, I want to know more about the union. My friend Claire, when she sent it to me, she sent me all this stuff because it's public knowledge. Like all the like salaries and everything. You can just look up anyone's salary at U of M. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could so, we look up yours back in the day? You could. Yeah. No way. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's going to show you um, just base, base pay, no well, right, right. all that. But like you can look up Jim Harbaugh's salary. Yeah. You can look up uh, the president's salary. Sure. All that. So I was like, okay, like that's pretty cool being in a union. The union dues were 50 bucks a month. That's 50 bucks a month I've ever spent. Sure. Like having that union protection in the beginning, I loved it. Right. Knew, I knew I could map out all my salary increases i get two salary increases a year we're talking like three percent four percent and how much did you make uh, when you started uvm oh gosh um i think it was 2015 i think like sixty thousand right out of school plus a bunch of benefits including not having to pay for certificates yeah yeah so like those benefits like awesome um the big draw for U of M's uh hospital and their benefits for even non-union employees, they had a two-to-one retirement match. So you put in 5%, they put in 10%. No. Yeah. Yeah, so it was great. Oh, gosh. Wow. Yeah, it was... So, what was the cap on that? Um, no cap. So No. Every, overtime, it went... And there were some people that were like, oh, it doesn't count overtime. I'm like, yeah, you sat down and did the numbers on this and said, well, this is just a ridiculous Yeah, I'm, a, I'm like, I'm going to grind. I'm, yeah. I'm going to grind away, right? Yeah. So it was 5%. You put in 5%, they put in 10% every paycheck, right? And I was like, this is awesome. I see. So the max was you put in 5 they Yes, put yes. So as long as, but you could keep earning. Yeah. And they would, they would do the 5%. Right. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I, I, there were some people I started with and they're like, my guys, this is amazing. Like, no retirement's this good. And they're like, oh, I can't afford to put away 5%. I'm like, it sounds so old man, old soulist. I'm like, you can't afford not to. And, <laughs> When it comes to pay, you said I was going to grind because I know it's 5%. Is this not a salaried job? It's not. No, it's uh, hourly. So 60 grand was based on what? Like That was based on a 36-hour work week. And what, tell me about that structure yeah, and what that so, looks like. So every, every new grad has to do 36 to 40 hours. You can't be part-time, at least in this program. So 36 hours was three 12-hour shifts. In a week, mm-hmm. from Sunday to Saturday, or forty hours if you chose to go that. Do route. you have your choice of what shift it is? No. Do you have to start on third? Yes. Ooh. Yes, you do. So you'd have to start on the midnight shift, so seven p.m. Now these, so now these are the things that because you're so uh, like mission oriented, yeah. and you see the the money, and you're you're young, and you know how long life is, and you kind of have the perspective that you were happy to grind in this but for some of our listeners like they probably just hung up yeah like like, stop listening they're like oh what what like third shift no no, i'm out yeah so so tell me tell me let's talk a little bit more uh about like the you know you showed up you had now and you applied for this job and they said great congratulations you get to work third shift Mm -hmm. i imagine immediately your mind starts going to work well how long do i have to work third shift before i get to first shift or second shift right 
And, and and what are you doing during this time? Like, build me some context once yeah. you started here. So, you know, when when they tell you that you're going to be, they're like, hey, you got the job. I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. What a dream come true. I, I had applied for that one in the ER and another one at U of M. I only applied to U of M jobs because I was like, I'm going to end up here. I don't care where. I'm going to end up here. So I I got both jobs I applied for, but this one just interests me more. Okay. So they were like, you got the job. You're going to be 7P to 7A. I'm like, okay, it's not terrible. And they're like, it's three days a week, or you can do four days a week, and you can do 7P to 7A two days, and 11P to 7A two other days. So that'd be a 40-hour work week. Um, so my mind was like, okay, let me let me start asking people, like, how, how bad are midnights, right? Like, you know you have to do it going into nursing school. Like, it's just something, it's an inevitable, right? It's like you're, you're taking your, your lumps as a rookie. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to wear the, the pink backpack coming from the bullpen as the rookie uh, bullpen guy, right? That's just what you do. Sure. Was I thrilled to work midnights? No. Did I eventually enjoy it? Yeah. Is the 7A to 7P, is that what's called a midnight? 7P to 7A. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. My yep, bad. Yep. That's, that is, uh, that's a midnight shift. Okay. Um, so, of course, I was asking, like, how long until I can get off midnights? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, Not the right question to ask when you just started? No, 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 no. They were, that is a very fair question to ask oh, okay. uh, to any unit because each unit's different because some places within, because it's a union, some places have a higher turnover rate and some places they stay forever. My unit, they just happen to stay forever. So that means if no one's leaving the day shift, no one's moving up to the day shift. So therefore I'm staying on that. But of course, when I started, they're like, oh yeah, you'll, you'll be off midnights in, in a year. And I was like, okay. I can do it. Dude, for you can year. do anything for a year. You can do anything for a year. So I'm like, okay, why not? Yeah. Dude, I didn't get off midnights until 2020. <laughs> I was on midnights from 2015 to 2020. Five years, bro. That was the first day shift that came available. To be fair, I could have moved off midnights and gone to afternoons and been on 3P to 3A. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I'm like, no, I don't want to do three. Would you reset your seniority or like Mm-mm. reset your ability to move to day shift no, or anything? It, it would just been a progression. But like to me, midnights, I, by the time those positions came available, I was in a rhythm with midnights. Right. Right. Seven P like, and I'll tell you why I was in a rhythm was because seven P to seven A, that was fine. I'd wake up at five thirty, leave at six. I, I had my routine. I was very routine driven, but the most overtime became available from 3p to 7p and 7a to 11a there wasn't as much overtime from 3a to 7a or 11a to 3p and the reason i say that is because i wanted to do overtime without having to go in another day so i would do a 16 hour shift so i would do a lot of 16 hour shifts to uh, get that extra overtime in how'd you get those other four hours they would just post them but they always posted the most from 3P to 7P or 7A to 11A. Those are the spots we were shortest. Ah. So I was like, I'm not going to move up to the 3P to 3A shift and then shoot myself in the foot and not be able to get And not be able to capture, like, the I'm going to come into work yeah. four hours early today. Exactly. So I was like, I'm going to stay on midnights. It does, and at that time when those shifts... Oh, and staying on midnights gives you enough avi- ability to flex coming in before or after exactly. your shift rather than... Like, I was the, I was the king of coming in at 3 p.m. and staying till 7 a.m. or staying over until 11 a.m. Just because. Did they allow you to go three to 11? They would allow me to no. You you could only do 16, 16 a at a time. Yeah. Um, which totally warranted. No, I, I, yeah, totally, I get it. I get it. There there were so many times where I was driving home at 11 
a.m. And I'm like, how the F did I get home? Yeah. Scary. In hindsight, very scary. <laughs> You're like really banking on your four. Really banking on it. Um, but yeah, so I, that's why I never moved to the 3P shift or the 11A shift. I waited for that 7A to 7P shift. And at that time, you know, my fiance, my wife, my girlfriend, Robin, she, she was working nine to five. So she would get home from work uh, around 530. So we would be able to have dinner for 20, 30 minutes when she got home. Be real quick, mm-hmm. but we'd see each other. Passing like ships in the night, but we'd see each other. So that, that kind of kept it going. And then I'd get home from work at 7 a.m. or 7.30, whatever time it was when I got home. Catch her for breakfast. Catch her real quick, kiss her goodbye, and go to sleep. And yeah. sleeping through the day. But now, now most times you're only doing that three times a week. Three times a week. Unless I picked up an extra day, which I did a lot, if I'm being honest. Sure. Um, so, yeah, three times a week, man. Well, I mean, even then it's four times a week. Most people are working five days a week. Are working at least five. So those are the perks of the schedule, right? Three days a week. Mm-hmm. There are so many times I could take a vacation without ever taking PTO. Right. I would work sun. I would work How much PTO did you have, by the way? Um, I think my first year I started with three weeks, and That's then pretty competitive. Yeah, and then I think by the time I left, I was up to like almost six weeks a year. When you were grinding during this time, did you ever feel like it was too much? Did you ever feel like? Oh yeah, I would always I'm tell myself, myself. Yeah, I would tell myself I'm gonna pull back. I'm going to pull back. I, you'd tell yourself that, but like, did you feel that way? Did I did you feel like this is unsustainable. I can't keep doing I this. I knew it was unsustainable, but. But you're 24. Yeah. You're my, a stud. It, you're a hockey athlete. You're as healthy as anybody. You don't smoke. You don't drink too much. You, you know what you want to do. Did you really ever feel like I can't do this? No, I, just like there were times where I'd be like, I know, like mentally, I'm like, I know I can't do this for the rest of my life. And that kind of led into my career change where I'm like, I love the money I'm making, but I'm also selling my soul and I'm selling my body out to do this. Working midnights takes years off your life. I, th- I know there's studies that show it. I don't yeah. know the exact studies. I'm not going to act like I do, but I know Unsustainable. that. I know I couldn't do that. But on midnights, you got an extra premium to work midnights, right? They give you the shift if. Yeah, and we're back to the, the financial Yeah, part so I was like, I'm going to stay on midnights longer. I love the way that your brain works. Tell me, what, you, what were you doing? Like, like walk me through a typical... Um, Give me one good example of a long day where you came in at, let's see, what would this be, 3P and mm-hmm. left at 7A? Yes. Give me, yeah. one, give me one of those days and tell me, you know, the breakdown, you pull in, you park, you get into work. Are you clocking in on a badge? Like, like is, is, there, U of is M, there a time clock? No, is, U of M, there was no time clock. You didn't have to clock in or clock out, which was kind of wild for how big of an institution it was. Yeah. It was kind of honor system. Your charge nurse would mark if you're tardy or not. You'd have some cool charge nurses that'd be like, I oh, are a minute late. And you'd have some that were real sticklers. But your union. Mm-hmm. So if you get a couple bag marks, it's you could fight it. Not a big deal. Yeah. So I get in, you know, put all my stuff away, get my locker, chit chat with my coworkers. A lot of the people that you see when you get there are the people you're working with the night before. Everyone on midnights, they kind of roll in like it's very quiet, like kind of zombie like because everyone just woke up, right? Like you'd think it'd be lively because like Oh, because it's 7 p.m. It's at 7 night. 7 p.m. No, everyone's... It's dinner mi- time. It's whatever. Yeah, everyone's miserable. The, no one wants to be there because we're all in the same boat together. Because right, you just slept all day. Yeah, everyone's... The least natural thing Yeah, ever. everyone's got a hot coffee in hand because we're yep. all just trying to, like, get through. Yep. So the first couple hours, like, you're just waking up, and then you're coming into the shift with some people that are still cooking and still working and, like, at a 10. And you're like, let's slow it down. But sometimes you'd have to speed it up right away because right when you're getting pulled out of huddle because some... What's huddle? 
Oh, huddle is uh, where they're telling you your assignment. What's your assi- what, what assignments are there? So when I was new, you're really relegated to only being able to take um, routine patients. So in the, in the ER, you can be a routine nurse, you can be a triage nurse, uh, you can be a trauma nurse, or you can be a screening nurse. Do they pay different? No. Is it? And then. Do you get to choose which one you are, or do you just get assigned one? You get assigned. Because you have to be capable to do all you of You have them. to be capable. So when you're new, you're not trained on all those things yet. So we'll just jump to like when I was at year three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At year three, I could do all the different assignments, which made it really nice. So I would get there. Maybe Did they... everybody do that by year three? three? Most. I mean, do some nurses like get involved in the system? They're like, well, I can only be a triage nurse and a, a routine some care would, nurse. Some would love to just be a triage nurse. But no, they they try to split it up fairly. Okay. Some, some oh, because there, there's some benefit to being there is, and it's all perception, right? Some people like doing triage more than being a room nurse because when you're in a routine room, you're with the patient, you're with the same patients in the in their rooms for however long they're there. So if you have a tough assignment where you're just getting your ass kicked, where like it's a really demanding case, you may not want to be that patient's nurse for the full twelve hours. So you you may want to get pulled to a different assignment. So, like I said, you you could get pulled to be a trauma nurse. So if anything crazy comes in, you're the nurse that's handling the car accidents. You're the nurse that's handling the uh, the no the drownings. Let me just back up because I, I think I'm failing to understand. What are you even doing? Like like what <laughs> in each of these like in each of these titles? Yeah. I know there's like nuances. So let's just back up a second. Like as a nurse, what is your responsibility? Yeah. Okay. That, that, I guess. That's a good question. So um, first things first, you got to do your own assessments. So a lot of times uh, as the nurse, you are not the doctor's eyes, but you're the first eyes on the patient. Yeah. So you're doing your full assessment, figuring out what's the family dynamic. That's what's a big thing. Really? With pediatrics. Always have to know what the family oh, dynamic well, yeah, is. Oh, pedi- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pediatrics. Okay. Is it a strained relationship with the mom, dad? Like, is there any risk for abuse, sexual assault? Like these are, you'd be surprised how many things we'd have to like, screen for yeah um in this day and age that you would be like that's crazy but you ever take your daughters to the er they're gonna ask a bunch of oh, questions I, like yeah. food safety questions we did food. that yeah oh, yeah you yeah, worked you on them i did well anyway. i was down the hall they're, well yeah we're in the room enough yes yeah, so the, love you for that but the, uh but okay so, so you're you're entering the room and you're you're taking a temperature and then are you also asking like mandated like questions like hey um is there any history of this or that or that? Like, are you like everything? So okay. usually those questions are done by the triage nurse. You know, you've gone to a doctor's office where they're asking all those questions like, do you smoke? Do you drink? Yeah, do but you- I don't know if the person in that room is a MD, DO, NRBS. I don't know who this person, person in the room is. is usually a nurse and they're okay. doing the intake process. So they're triaging. Right. And they got a little laptop. They're yep, coming so they're, in. You know, we're typing. What are you here for? You know, click, you- clack, click, clack. Okay. Uh, what brought you in today? And a lot of times they'll be like, well, you know, five years ago, it's like, okay. You always get those ones and you're like, and that's why I didn't like doing triage. It's because you get stuck in rooms doing that sometimes where you're just like, it's going to be a while. Right. And, and you're like, like, listen, we're here about your knee pain, not yeah, how your like, left eye sometimes goes blurry. When right. Like I got 30 patients in the waiting room waiting for me to come do this exact, exact same thing. And that's where it really tests your patients. Like you have to give every patient respect and like allow them their space to say stuff. But you also know that you have 30 other people that are probably in worse shape or maybe in worse shape. You don't know because you haven't assessed them yet. Did any part of your nursing training to this point prepare you for those type of like people skill conversations? No, 
Oh, absolutely not. Um, now you have them, and uh, and you have them. I think it, you would credit some of that to your parents, yeah, and some of that to your Athletics. natural charisma and personality as well. Like you're just a, a natural conversationalist. But I'm wondering, for those who aren't, was there any resources that helped them become so, or were, or was it like you're just going to figure this out? You're going to figure it out because if you don't. I mean, it kind of weeds itself out, right? Because like that's a main part of the job in nursing is like you have to ask the questions and you have to do the work in order to do the job, right? So if you're not doing if you're not doing these things, you're gonna weed yourself out away from this, right? So like you wouldn't stick around if you can't do that effectively. Um, so that was no nursing school. That's didn't, fair. Nursing school didn't really. Teach well, they didn't. You. Yeah, there's no no soft skills really in the. No. Yeah. Okay. So so you're all right. So triage nurse, you know, for that position. You're interviewing these people. You're getting them in. Yeah. What else are you doing? So then that triage nurse, they're, they're doing the initial vitals, getting all the stuff. Then they're passing it off to their routine nurse and like, hey, you have this patient here. You can probably wait on it for a little bit if you're busy. Or, hey, I need you in here 10 minutes ago. Like, this is urgent. We got something going on. What would what would be so urgent that, that the nurse would be required and not like a PA or a doctor? Um, Usually, if it's super urgent, you're getting the doctor in there at the same time as the nurse and everyone's all in i see because at that point the nurse is just hands hands yeah it, but it's also the nurse that is doing the triage that recognizes it right so like a lot of people think nursing is just taking doctor's orders and it's not a lot of the doctors and i, and I always hated this where people are like oh doctors right like they're the they're so bad i loved every doctor i worked with you get some that are on their high horse but for the most part 95 percent of the docs i worked with respected the hell out of the nurses that they worked with the media fabricates like movies. They fabricate all that so much. It's not true. Um, I, I always had a great respect for the doctors and they respected us as nurses to, they trusted us when we said, Hey, we need you. They would come. It's like, no, no, at least that was my experience. I, I think some other people didn't have that experience. Um, and I think part of it was possibly being a male nurse where I had, uh, I, I didn't feel that it was that way. No. But some of my colleagues, they were like, well, they get along with you because you're a guy. Well, what was the um, what was the percentage of like female to male doctors? Pretty split. What about nurses? Um, I would say ten to fifteen percent guy nurses. Okay. It was more. Our unit had more guy nurses than a lot of units, and we all we all got along. We had we all had a great time together. Very lucky. There, there were some there were some nights where it was just like a bunch of guy nurses. Yeah. And we outnumbered the female nurses and they hated it. They're like, there's too much testosterone around here. And we're like, yeah, it's awesome. Right. It was, it was, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And I I do love that about nursing is the bonds and the relationships you build um, with all my coworkers. You know, you you go through so much together and you just, you become really good friends. And it's such a different work environment than being in a cubicle or an office. You know, you're, you're in the blood, you're in the, the feces together you're in all that nasty stuff together hand in hand and you'd walk out of there and just pick up your conversation right before you went out and they're like yeah so what are you doing this week right like you almost become so jaded about stuff and like like i in a way i kind of have a tough time like showing emotion now because it's just you kind of in a way you can't show too much emotion there because like you yes it's so sad you're working on something terrible you got to button it up get right back out there, go into another room and hopefully they don't notice anything's wrong. 
So let's let's talk about that a little bit. So you know, I, I understand uh, you you work from the triage nurse to the routine nurse, okay? And then you know there could, and it could be an emergency that happens where you have to gather all. That would hands, be the trauma nurse. That'd be the trauma nurse. And okay. the other nurse is the screening nurse who's out front. So when you walk in that front door, they're at the desk. How can I help you today? I thought that was a freaking receptionist. No, so that's a that's a skilled nurse, and they're doing a, a eye test based on everything you're saying at those the front like desk. The questions. moment you walk in, There's, they're like, is, "Are they limping? Are they drunk? Are yep. they?" So they're assigning an acuity right off that. It's called an ESI, uh, Emergency Severity Index. So they're right off the get go. They're looking at you, everything, all the questions they're asking. We have a very systematic question list that we'd ask. Right. And I'll tell you, do you have chest pain? Yeah. Do all, you have all these things? Yeah. Right. Um, and it would be like, okay, five is like, should have been an urgent care, like toe pain. Um, okay. four, maybe you need an x-ray. Uh, two, you can't breathe. One, dead on arrival. Like, we got to get you back ASAP. So, like, all these things, that's, they're identifying that right from the start. So, you, you, when you're the screening nurse, you have a lot of responsibility right from the get-go. I see. So, if I, if I've got, like, a pretty severe cut, which I've gone to the, emergency room before where they're mm -hmm. like yeah you need stitches for that right yeah and i go up and they're like what's wrong and i'm like dude i'm bleeding here right mm -hmm. they're like okay take a number go sit down they've basically looked at me and said well he, he's not going to bleed to death here anytime yeah. soon he's probably a it's four he's a four you'd be a four because it's okay he needs stitches yeah That's, so he's in the right place yeah you need, they do it based on like how many uh services you need so you need oh. one stitch you need stitches okay that's a one off so now you're a four Oh, it's stitches, and you may need a consult surgery. That's a three. So, it, it, and then, and if it's like he needs immediate surgery, which now means yeah, like we we may risk losing the limb. Yeah, we got to get you back ASAP. Now so, you're two. so that's why if you ever see people going to the ER, and some people go back quicker than yeah, the yeah. people that have been sitting there for two hours. Well, guess what? That should be a clear indication to you as the patient. If you if you're sitting there for two three hours. They didn't think you were that sick. Right. Now, things can change on a dime. Maybe you didn't seem that sick when you got there. And then you passed and, out and you're blue yeah, in the... Okay, in the, okay yeah. well, now he's going back. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, okay, we missed it. We'll own up to it. We're getting you back now. So it's it's an ever-flowing thing. Yeah, it's dynamic. It's very dynamic. Um, So that's the screening jobs nurse. And then the last nurse's job is uh, the charge nurse. And they're the ones that are assigning rooms, um, kind of dictating the flow of the unit. They're, and and that's not the same person all the time. No, that's insane. Yeah. So, like, why would you change? Maybe yeah. the person that has three already. Maybe we give them that fourth one while this person only has two, right? Because they have three really easy ones. Because you got a broken chilling. toe, yeah. a cut finger, so and you have, uh, as the charge nurse, guy was passed out. Exactly. As the charge nurse, you have to be constantly assessing what is the state of your unit, and, and that means you need to know both your nurses and your capacity. You got to know your nurses' skills. Yeah. Because some nurses can handle more, some nurses can handle less. Right. So that's a big aspect of it. Um, so I, I great respect for all the charge nurses because in an ER, you're going. Mm. You are. You got to be on the ball at all times, and you're in. You sit right next to the attending, the one that's running the medical side of it. So you guys are in lockstep the whole time. So usually you would only be charge nurse for eight hours out of a shift. So on a given day, if I worked a sixteen, let's say I did charge for my first eight, went to triage for the last for the second the next four and then i was the screener for my last four okay that'd be a pretty solid day and a pretty a day that you've lived many times many times huh. let's say i didn't do charge that day i would do a routine for eight hours uh screener for four and then trauma for the last four in a 12-hour shift yeah you may just stay in your assignment the whole time so each day varied you never but and you were assigned by the 
charge nurse that was making the schedule. So like, if they didn't like you, you may not get the assignment you like. And that didn't happen too often, but it could. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just be cool with everyone. Now, what was, uh, what did a bad day look like? Like when, like, I know, I know long days, you're tired, right? I know lots of stuff, but like, were the worst days just, and you mentioned it earlier and I, I almost get emotional thinking about it, but like you walked into a pediatric room, you had to do an all hands, doctor comes in, mm-hmm. doctor says, I got this and I don't need you because things are going south quickly or something. Well, the doctor wouldn't say, I don't need you. They would say, Hey, I need you here. <laughs> I like, instead of like, I don't need you. I need you to be doing this. Like if, if a doctor is like taking the lead, yeah. usually the attending is not doing any hands-on work per se. They're at the head of the bed and maybe they're intubating, which is, you know, putting the, the, tube, uh, down. the tube down the throat. Um, maybe they're at the foot of the bed calling out their shots. Like they're the coach. They're, they're laying up a game plan and you got the techs, you got the nurses, you got everyone. It looks like chaos from afar, but every person in that spot knows exactly what they're doing. And you'd be amazed at how seamless and how easy flowing it is where they make miracles happen. They really do. So if the attending says, like, I need you here, and he points to, like, a spot in the room, you know that there's associate, like responsibilities associated with yes. being in that spot? Yeah. And we like, go th- oh, got it. Yeah, like, we go through simulations, okay. trainings, to know exactly what each person needs to do in each spot, right? So, like, one person's the medication nurse, one person's the documenting nurse. You're not even touching the patient. You you're, just got to write down what's you're happening. Just, you're just fucking writing down everything. Call it, like if you're doing a code, you're calling out times. Like you're, you got to take all these yeah. notes because all that has to go in the computer right. for the patient's record. So like right. you got to have ears here, ears here. You got to be everywhere. Yeah. You got to be knowing what's going on. So that's the documenting nurse. There's med nurse. There's the nurse doing the IV. There's the nurse doing the oxygen. So many hands on deck and it looks like chaos, but it is systematic hmm. and we all work really well together. Even people that can't stand each other, because every co every workplace has that where coworkers can't stand each other. Sure, everyone's working together yeah, towards yeah. the greater good. So you got to go from that chaos to a very happy family. Maybe they're just in because their daughter fell out of the stroller, right? And or their daughter got stuck under the couch and has a scratch on the eye that needs some stitches. Yeah, exactly. Not like you have that personal experience. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I remember when yeah, when I was in there with, with Paisley, she was crawling under a couch. And if you've never had a toddler under there, I re- don't recommend it. Nothing underneath uh, a couch was meant for human interaction. No, no. Right. And, you know, Paisley comes out. She's got a nice scratch over the top of her eye. And, we, you know, we brought her in. And sure enough, I think it was a very similar experience. It was a slow night that night. So, yeah. so we got brought back quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. But was probably rated Higher. a four or a five or something I think she was actually either a three or a two just because it was so close to the eye oh so they were like all right a lot of blood stitches for sure she probably i think she almost did she need anesthesia she got it yeah so that was a big thing so then um also maybe needed a consultation with a, a plastic surgeon yeah. so two to three pending Got it. Yeah, so she was rated high. And okay. that's probably why she got brought back sooner no wonder, yeah. than later. I thought it was just a slow night. But, mm. well, and it, it just was funny because to me, she was you know, sucking on her passy, walking up and down the hall at two years old. Now she's got a big old gash right above yeah. her eye. But, you know, nothing was wrong with her eye. Just right in that eyelids um, spot, right, that, that had a little extra blood. And, yeah, I mean, do you, if you recall that night, so, somebody helped put a needle in her hand yeah so for an iv was that a nurse as well uh were they wearing green or blue 
I don't remember. If they were in blue, it was a nurse. If they were in green, it was a tech. Techs do a lot of the IDs. Tech. I think it was a tech. Um, but you I would, called your favorite one over. I, it's I your niece, right? I always like doing my own IVs as a nurse. Some nurses like the techs to do them. But you didn't do it on Paisley. I didn't want to do it on Paisley. No. No. Too no. close. Too close. Um, but I, you know, like you, you mentioned Paisley was walking up and down the hallway, right? Yeah. Like, how can a kid be in the ER and just walking up? Kids are so resilient, and that's yeah. why I loved working in pediatrics. Oh, that's cool. Is because you know. Their parents are having the worst day. Yeah. They should be having the worst day, but they don't show it. They're so tough. Yeah. You know, they, they don't know what's bad, you know? So like, that was the really cool part about working in peds is you, you literally can make some miracles happen. And parents were usually very, very grateful. And I, that was another big thing. I love nursing was because it was instant gratification. It was just mm-hmm. like, and maybe not instant gratification, but like I knew every day I was working, I was impacting a family a patient, I was making a greater impact on somebody. Versus if I were to work in the cubicle doing a different job, I would not be making an impact on people. Maybe I would down the line, like down the supply chain of everything. Sure, but sure. like that's not for me. Like I like being in the in the meat of it. And that was also when I was a nurse, that's where also where I learned and kind of gained a passion for just relationship building. Getting to know patients, getting to know families. I met a lot of cool people at the hospital. A lot of like, because when you work with a patient family for 12 hours, you get to know them well. Each time you go in and talk with them a little bit more, a little bit more, you get to know what they do for work. So like, in a way, I was always networking. Yeah. And it sounds weird to say that, but like, I was just curious what they did. Some of my coworkers. You have a revolving door of people that you're interacting with. I mean, that's a. I met some famous people. Now, was there any like shock or awe uh, that came in your first couple of years of nursing that you thought like. This is because I'm sure that you had some like fatalities mm-hmm. along the way, right? Like, was there was there ever a time when you were like, "Man, I'm not sure I was prepared for this," or did that time in Detroit really iron you up a little I think bit? The time in Detroit, as brief as it was, ironed me up, yeah. right? Like, I was just like, "This is it. It's how it's gonna be." And you know, I'm sure there's some like deep seated trauma behind all of it, where now like I almost put up like a, a guard where I don't want to feel emotion, so I'm just like, I'm not gonna. You got used to you got, used, got used to, to I got managing it. In a way, you get hardened, yeah. and it's terrible to say. And sometimes it does cross over to personal life, just because mm-hmm. that's just it's how you got through, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was the only way you could get through. Um, good nurses know how to delegate. Lazy nurses know how to delegate too. But it's very clear which ones are doing stuff and which ones are not. So it, just because you delegate doesn't mean you're doing something sometimes. And there would be a lot of nurses that would delegate to the lower people. Mm-hmm. And that's always a big riff within the, the culture of the, of the unit. I was going to ask about culture. When you say nursing culture, what, what, what comes to mind? Um, new nurses get eaten alive by the experienced nurses. It is a big thing. They just take it, advantage of them? Not take advantage. They just eat their young. And when I say that, I mean... Any new nurse, you kind of almost have to break them. Like, not hazing, but like, oh, like, I'm, I'm going to kind of ride you to make sure you're worthwhile, mm-hmm. right? Like, I want to make sure you, you, you are quality and you have to earn my respect. I'm not just going to be like, you're, you're a part of the team yet. Not all of them do that, but it is a big thing amongst nursing culture. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'll never get to that point. But you kind of realize as you're going down and becoming more senior. You're like, I can see why. I can see why. I can see why we did that. Yeah. 
emergency room or other places where the emotional scale is so amplified mm -hmm. that I think that there is an aspect of like, hey, we're going to ask a lot of you because yeah. you don't know what this is yet, but I'm going to teach you what it is right now. Yeah. And, and you're going to do the hardest parts of, the, of this job as soon as possible, as long as possible. I, th I think a lot of people, when they first start, they come in, you know, the new nurses, the, the, the BSNs, right? They have their four-year degree. They come in cocky. Exactly. Entitled. Yeah. I'm a BSN. So those RNs that have been at it for a long time. Uh-huh. Okay, honey. Well, yeah. guess what? You're assigned to room three and room two. Go ahead. And then they get there and they're yeah. like, Yeah. And that's Whoa. it. Whoa. And I was one of them, right? Like, and right. I didn't think I was, but of course, like everyone thinks it's just one of those things. Like, sure. you, I, I probably was. Let's be real. Um, Reminds me of like some old school factories or some. Yes. Yeah. And I, I tell people this all the time. Nursing in a way is kind of a, a new age blue collar job, right? It, it's hourly. You got three shifts. You work three to four days a week, but you're grinding. Um, it's hard on your body. Like I'd get home from nursing shifts and I would be just cashed where my body hurt. I'd be like, I'm going to go to the gym. No, I'm not going to the gym. I'm tired. I'm, yeah. I'm exhausted. Right. So there, there would be like a lunch pail job. Yeah. And I would literally bring a lunch pail in. Yeah. I had a cooler with a f ice pack and everything. Like it was not your typical office job. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why I always kind of say it is a new age blue collar job. And I think the actual technical term they call nursing a pink collar job. I think that's what Forbes has called it, but to me it was blue collar. Right. And they only say pink collar because it's primarily female, which sure. is which is some BS because there's a lot of badass male nurses out there. And honestly, when I first said I was going to be a nurse to my buddies and I got, I got so much flack for it. I right? bet. Dude, it was, it was unrelenting. Like, yeah. You tell anyone, I mean, think about it. It was 2011. I know. I, this I was, was before this was more normalized. Like, I mean, I remember... I remember telling lots of people like, oh yeah, my brother-in-law is a nurse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, male the, nurse. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Greg Fokker, yeah, obviously. The, the, I was going to say, like, everyone took the, everyone took fucking, the every, flag every, and charged the hill with that one. Pretty much. Everyone's like, oh, Gaylord, right? Gaylord Fokker, right? Gaylord like, Fokker, yeah, the he, male nurse. Pretty much, he was like, he was like my idol essentially. Right. I was like, well, Gaylord did it. Right. Like, and it, everyone just assumes like, oh, you're, you're a guy nurse. You must be gay. And it's like, no, What? That, and then that's such an old school mentality it about it. it. And is. and then you work with a bunch of really cool guy nurses that are actually some of the burliest, toughest dudes you know. Oh, yeah. Ex-Marines. Yeah. Um, military vets. I met some of the guys that you work with. Yeah. Like bitterness around, I'm a nurse, but I can never be anything more. Yeah. Yeah, there was. So when I first started, I was like, man, I'm making more than all my friends, right? Like. 60k out of college and then add some sprinkle in some overtime on there upwards like in my first year i think i was upwards of like 80 85 right like yeah you made more money than i did and i was 10 years your senior right so i was like i'm like this smart is guy i'm like this is great i'm loving this but as time goes on yeah my my base pay would go up you know the three percent another three percent so maybe five percent each year i wasn't getting those big bonuses i wasn't getting those big end of the year bonuses a lot of my friends were i wasn't progressing in salary like my friends were so you know i th i think for a while i was well ahead of them and then i forget what year it was i, I was started i was at a bachelor party and i heard some of them talking about like what they make and what they do and i'm like oh man they're well exceeding me and i'm a competitive person i just am yeah so i heard that i'm like hmm 
hmm, I'm no longer the top dog. Don't love that. And that did that come a little quicker than you thought it would? Yeah, it Cause did. Because you, you knew you were going to move on from nursing, but did. did you think it was going to be so quickly? No. And, you know, one, and it's not all about money. It really isn't. No, no, understood. You know that. But, like, I thought, and I was doing really well. Like, no one would ever look at, like, what I was making and be like, wow, you're struggling. No, I wasn't. But, like, I just knew there's something more. There was definitely something more for me out there um, and new challenges out there. And with, within nursing, like, you could progress at U of M by levels to get pay raises. So there was a, there was a structure. When I first started, I was level A. After year one, you automatically get moved to a level C. And then you have to apply to be a level D once you show competency and um, engagement in the units you work on and like leadership abilities and running um, uh, committees. So I did all those things. I got a level D. So I think it was like a dollar pay raise an hour, which adds up. Um, so I, I got to all those things. And then that was kind of the cap. And I'm like, okay, so there is there is stuff. But like, you don't really ever have a real direct route or like really any direct knowledge of how to go about it. So I think it was at that time I started sprucing up the LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. As a nurse, you really don't need a LinkedIn because you can pretty much throw your resume anywhere. And That was going to be one of my questions on, uh, on the podcast was how up-to-date is your LinkedIn? Mine is very up-to-date now. Because yeah. it's such an antiquated platform yeah. unless you need it. Yeah. Yeah, and um, then it was not updated. But I, I, I had one. Sure. I would look at it periodically. I, I had like a thousand emails from them about notifications, never looked at. I, I was looking at going back to school then. I was looking at, okay, do I do just a Master of Science in Nursing and Leadership? Um, do I do a Master of Science in Nursing in um, Analytics? There was a few different career paths. I have a few friends that did those, and they liked it a lot. But I it was, okay. I'm going to spend more money doing this, right? And then I was looking at, okay, what if I did a dual program of a uh, Master of Science in Nursing and Leadership and got my MBA at the same time? They had a, there you they go. had a dual program. I'm like, that sounds, I'm like, that sounds like a, a, a pretty, pretty decent option. And yeah. they had one at Madonna right across the street. There you go. So I was like, this could work. Mm-hmm. I just never pulled the trigger. And I'm happy I didn't because uh, then COVID hit. And I was like, okay, I think we're, let's pause on, let's pause on everything. Will I have a job? Am I going to be super needed? Um, the PDR during COVID the first year, we went from seeing like 120 patients a day to like 20. So I was getting, I was getting downstaffed all the time because oh, kids were at home. Yeah. They weren't Not only sick. at home, but they, they also weren't getting sick. Yeah, they weren't getting sick. So like we were slow. No one wanted to go to the hospital. And nobody wants to go to the yeah, hospital. So like we, we had to keep staff, but like we didn't overstaff where I was making all the extra OT. I golfed so much that summer. Do you remember that summer of 2020? I, golf, I remember that. Might have been the last time we golfed together. Yeah, I think it was because I haven't really golfed since But because I hurt myself. Um, but that, I golfed a ton because I was just not working as much because yeah. I wasn't working overtime. So I'm like, is this what it's like to work three days a week? I finally. How did you feel about that, by the way? Like for the first time in your life, I was, you had more time than yeah, you ever had. I was bored. I was like, I was bored. I'm like, I'm used to being running gun all the time. Yeah. And like. It was nice for a few weeks where I'm like, okay, this is a reprieve. But then my paychecks were less. I'm like, this also sucks. Yeah. I was also trying to pay for a wedding at that time. So like also not ideal. True. So, I mean, naturally I was trying to pick up shifts in like busier parts of the hospital if they needed me. Yeah. They didn't, but I was offering. So I was trying to figure it, figure it all out. But that's when I kind of realized like, okay, maybe I can survive on the less pay. And that's kind of what set me up like, okay, because that's always the fear when you're working a ton of overtime, when can you pull back? How do you pull back? You know? Just to see, just to see if, just to see what, 
because you have great work-life balance. Now yeah. you have seniority in yeah. the union. You're ma- and how much are you making at this point? At that point, I think my base was up to 85. Okay, a base of 85. But if you work 50 hours a week, like most of your business friends that are getting those bonuses, mm-hmm. then you're making what? Like what? Like what was oh. your take home? Uh, like if I if I would have done 50 hours, you're saying? Well, I'm saying like what was what did your W two say in 2019? 2019, that was with the overtime too. Right. I think it was like 103. Okay, 103. Yeah. Right. I guess my my point is a lot of the counterparts that you've referred to that have gotten bonuses, mm-hmm. they weren't working three days a week, 12 hours a week. They were working five days a week, generally between eight and 10 hours. And yeah, I was working the three days, but I was also doing a lot of overtime too to get to that point. So naturally I was like, okay, maybe if I start looking at like some pharmaceutical sales jobs, for the money? Um, no, just for a different for the, different experience. What different? I mean, what? Why? Why? Why shake up a good ship? Because that's just what I do. Yep. I'm, I'm too comfortable. Yep. I was getting. I was in that. And in nursing, you don't want to be too comfortable. Because in a place of comfortability in nursing, you always kind of want to be on edge. Like you always want to have just your heart rate a little elevated. Because if you're too comfortable, when you make mistakes, you get complacent. You can't make mistakes in nursing. So this was a perfect time to explore other opportunities. Yeah. So I was looking at LinkedIn and, you know, I threw some resumes out there, came back nil, right? Just, it wasn't the time, but I had the open to work thing on LinkedIn, just in case anyone wanted to throw me a bone. Naturally. So in 2021, yes, 2021, you know, work was getting busier with COVID. The ER was picking up again. I was kind of back into a routine, picking up some overtime. I was a happily married man at this point. I was all good. Well, I tore my knee. I injured myself working out and was off work for a little bit. And when I went off work, I started looking at jobs. I started looking at jobs internally at U of M because I'm like, all right, maybe it's because they're just looking at my ER nursing experience. It's too broad. Hmm. It's not narrow. It, there was no narrowly focused idea. So I'm like, what job can I do? That's still being a nurse. That would give me experience maybe mingling with some other people. So I applied for a uh, pediatric infusion job. So I was going to be doing infusions for oncology patients and non-cancer patients. So people that have Crohn's, people that have cancer of varying types. So I'd be doing a lot of the, I'd have to learn a lot of the, a lot of the chemotherapies that people have to sell, right? So and the reason I went that route is because my uncle, he works in pharmaceuticals, has always mm-hmm. done rare disease or on- oncology drugs. Um, so I was like, okay, seems like a natural fit. He kind of guided me towards that route. Sure. So this job came available, and this job was awesome. I was so sad to leave the ER, so I stayed on as a moonlighter. So I would go in um, on some random shifts just to stay relevant there and mm-hmm. remember stuff. But I worked from August 2021. In this role, I took the role, and the it was four days a week, eight hour shifts. So I moved down to thirty two hours. So I was a thirty two hour employee. So I took a big pay cut. Okay. To do this, but I knew your hourly rate stayed the same. Hourly rate stayed the same. Benefits stayed the same. I did. Um, I did four eight hour shifts from eight thirty to four thirty. What a cake schedule. Yeah. Right. What day didn't you work? Friday. It varied. No. Sometimes it would be a Friday. Sometimes it's a Monday. Sometimes okay. it's a Wednesday. Yeah. Honestly, I liked Wednesdays because I'd play hockey really late on Tuesday nights from like 1130 to 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, Wednesday morning's off. And 
that Wednesday, that one Wednesday off or whatever day I had off was awesome. I could go to Costco in peace. I could do all my appointments in peace. Sure. I could hang out with my dog. It was great. And I, at this point, I wasn't as stressed to do as much overtime. If it came about, I would pick up shifts from 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. in the ER. <laughs> I was still addicted to doing that. So I would go in. I'd wake up at 2 a.m. Okay. Go into work for th- from 3 to 7 in the ER. 7 p? 3a to 7a. Okay. And then I would go get breakfast. Oh, I yeah. see. You just pick up that little shift and then go get breakfast and then and come then, back for your... And then I'd go to, uh, yeah. upstairs to the clinic job. Uh-huh. It was great. It was great. I loved it. Um, hated waking up at 2 a.m. though. Because well, yeah. I, I'm, the night before, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to go to bed early. 9 o'clock rolls around. Okay, I haven't fallen asleep. 10 o'clock rolls around. Okay, I haven't fallen asleep. 10.30, I'm like, I got to get some sleep. Yeah, like... Force myself. Right. So I'd be waking up in a daze, like three, three and a half hours of sleep. Oh, yeah. I didn't do it. I didn't do these shifts all the time, but it was nice to have that flexibility. So I yeah. made a little extra overtime, but I was in a really comfortable spot where I didn't care to make all the money in the world anymore. I felt like I was in a really good spot. Yeah. I knew I was going after something higher. Was this job still a nursing title? It was. Okay. It was. And I got some new certifications for this. Uh-huh. Um, so U of M once again paid for me to get uh, oncology certified um, for specific medications we did. I forget the exact names of it, so I can't tell you that. But they had to send me through these trainings again. All good. Did them. Loved it. Um, I felt like I gained a lot of experience. It was a very different work-life balance. It was a very different work environment upstairs. Um, it was more, uh, it was a very small unit. So you really got to know everyone really, really in-depth. Like right. It was more uh, work, it was like more office style, right? Where you're sitting next to three people all day. Um, and it was definitely slower. It was way slower than the ER. Um, I didn't, everyone's like, you're going to hate it up there. You're going to be so bored. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. I need bored. I'm like, I need, I need boredom in my life. I need some just like easy on the mind. And that yeah. was, that was my whole goal. I just wanted like, and don't get me wrong. It was a very stressful job at times because you're handling chemotherapy and kids with cancer. But for the most, for the most part, it was a really solid job and any of my old co-workers in the er when i left that job i was like you guys should take that job you were gonna love it i'm like if you're looking for a good work-life balance job with kids go for it can't get can't beat it so then i was at that job from august 2021 until april 2022 and that is when i ended my nursing career and i had a bunch of experience in that but it was around christmas time of 2021 so i was only at that job for like four months when I started looking, and the only reason I started looking for jobs outside of U of M in general is because they announced that we were going to have to do weekends in the clinic. And that was a big reason I left the ER. I don't think I touched on that. In the ER, you got to do a ton of weekends. Really? I, I was doing weekends. Well, like, what's the, re- what's the requirement for weekends? At U of M, in the ER, it was two weekends out of four weeks. In a four-week scheduling block, you'd have to work two weekends. That's a lot. So if you're a loved one, your significant other doesn't work weekends. We'd have 26 weekends to do stuff on. The other 26, I was working. And you got to work a lot of holidays. Mm. And I didn't want to do that either anymore. So that's why, that was another reason I made the move up to that clinic. Um, so yeah, I, I was just kind of over the weekend life aspect. And don't get me wrong, it works for a lot of people. Yeah, There's a reason a lot of people like nursing and like those odd schedules because they have their spouse may work an odd schedule. So the two of them together, it works perfectly yeah. for their kids. Yeah. That's why they may stay at midnights and go to work tired. I get that. For me at that time, it wasn't fitting what we needed anymore. 
Um, so that's when I made the move to the clinic. No weekends, no holidays, case schedule. So in December, they're like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to start having you guys do uh, one weekend a month. And I was just, I'm like, I just left the job that I had to do all these weekends. I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. So it kind of kicked me, kicked me in the can to just start applying again. If you feel like you, you, it should be something different and the doctor may have messed up, and sometimes they do, go talk with them about it. So I would say six to seven. It, not, like you're not doing everything on your own. You have to have the doctor's orders to do anything mm-hmm. like two months in advance. It gets mm-hmm. submitted and then you, it gets released. I got my schedule I wanted a lot of times. I would have very few things I needed off. Weekends were always tough to get the exact weekend schedule you needed. That was what, so if you had a wedding, it'd be tough. Like, especially if it was a coworker's wedding, everyone's trying to get that, right. that off, right? right. Uh, so that was, that was a tough part where the weekends, weekdays, you can make trades pretty easily with everyone. And people were cool about helping you out. Like, you owe them one. I got you back. Mm-hmm. It would work out really nicely like that. So a weekday thing, yeah, you could probably get it off. Um, if you couldn't get it off, you can always call in. People may hate you for calling in. Sure. But, hey, your kids are your kids. Um, weekends, if you called off because you wanted to go to the Michigan game, not a cool move. Um, but usually you could get the trade made. Okay. You, you could usually make it happen. Uh, I had a lot of PTO. But in terms of using my PTO, like scheduled, like for a vacation, kind of hard because they only allowed so many people off at any given time, mm-hmm. like pre-scheduled. So you get a lot, but you couldn't use a lot. It was, so when I left U of M, I walked away with like 240 hours of PTO to cash out. That's insane. That was a really good check. Well, yeah. A good PTO check. So, I mean. It, could you show up to your job hungover? You could. I mean, you could for sure. Uh, a lot of people did. I mean, can is it is it a job you can still do without your full mental capacity? Yeah, and if you have a good team with you and they know you had a rough night, and you guys are all you all get along, yeah, they're gonna set you up with a pretty decent assignment to make you like. That goes back to the whole like, um, what was the charge nurse? Yeah, right. They'll they'll know. Well, Chase probably can't handle one more. Hey, Donna, you're taking the yeah. extra. Yeah, or like, hey. Chase had a rough night last night. Put him in the back hall, which right. the back hall was notoriously like a slow start. Right. Like you, you need some extra coffee that day. You're going to go to the back hall. So you could do it. A lot of coworkers did. You, you may feel awful all day, but that's any job. Mm-hmm. No, of course it is. Of course it is. I, I, would you still recommend nursing to, to other people, to our youths to get into? Would you, and, and if so, would you recommend it? Yeah, I, I would definitely, or not at all. No, I would definitely recommend nursing because I think it set me up for such a path that I don't think any other job really could have financially, um, as well as, uh, personal relationships, a lot of deep personal relationships. I still have a lot of my best friends are from nursing, hmm. like my first job. Um, I, I think it, I would definitely recommend it, but there's a lot of caveats, right? Like you, it's got to be right for you. You got to know what you're getting into. Um, I like there, there are people I know that are going back for nursing, right? Cause nursing is a, I worked with a lot of people that it was their second career. They were my buddy, Jason. He, he had multiple careers. I think he applied for med school at one mm-hmm. time. He worked at enterprise rental car, uh, once at one point. I think he did sales 
for uh, pharmaceuticals at one point, and then he went back to nursing school. Um, and he was only a nurse for a year year longer than me. And he, I think he had three kids. I think he's three kids. And he was married. And um, yeah, he. A lot of people do it as a second career if it works for them. There's a lot of people in that position yes. nowadays. I would definitely recommend nursing. If you, I love that. Yeah, if you, like I said, it's a new age factory job. Henry Ford had the $5 a day thing. Nursing has the capability to get you out of a real rough position. Yeah, you're going to grind for a little bit going through school. You know, you may need some support from family to, to get you to that point. You take out some loans to get the degree. But once you are done with your degree and you pass the uh, NCLEX, which is the nursing licensure exam, you're a nurse. You now have your degree. You have your license. You can go to any hospital you want, apply for any job. Nursing is in such demand right now. And we didn't even touch on travel nursing. No, no, is, we didn't. That's a, I, 